You're listening to Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, joined by my teammate, Sean Shapiro, Shap Shots, EP Ringside. Just to, just to recap this week of, and why you should listen to Spits and Suds. So we had the whole um, situation with Tom Gallardi that you know we kind of brought to light. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, kind of it's becoming uh, interesting in town. Uh, it's being chatted about, let's just say that. Um, so the guys on the fan ran with it as well. So, um, then Craig Ludwig yesterday talked about the art of the two on one and how to play it defensively. And I thought his deep dive is both a, a coach now, as far as in the junior levels, um, to when he played professional, he broke down every two on one and what the stars did wrong. And I thought that was so fascinating. It was such a, a great learning curve. And then today, uh, you had a chance to sit down with Jim Mill and give us the latest on that. So that's what I love about spits and suds is each podcast. We're really deep diving into, uh, stars hockey. I did want to get into an angle that no one's really talked about is Jim Nill at 64 years old. Here's where I'm going to give him a lot of credit. We all know that Jim Nill has already gone on record as saying, you know, he's not going to do it for much longer. Um, The organization has said they're going to pick uh, the successor. I think sometimes we have to take a step back and understand that usually people, when they only have a few years left, go all in as far as like, you know, I, I don't have much time left. I want to I want to hoist the cup and sometimes could mortgage the future for the championship now. So I did want to take a step back and say, like, kudos to Jim Nill for thinking of a team's future that he probably won't be a part of, you know, in the, in the upcoming years. Yeah, no, that, that's a very good point, because Jim will not be He's got a year and a half left on his contracts with Dallas. Um if I'm playing, like, I, I feel like at some point the the Jim Nill job, I, I don't think it's a pure retirement. I think it's kind of one of those, like we saw what George McPhee did in Vegas. Yep. Where he became the president of hockey operations. Kelly McCrimmon was promoted to GM. I think that's the next step. I think Jim Nill kind of becomes a little bit more of, um, and I don't know if it's at the end of this contract or to sign another year for a GM deal or whatever, but I think, I think Jim kind of steps in soon eventually becomes the star's president of hockey operations. And um, it would be very interesting to see where um, the star's next GM comes from. So I've always wondered, one of the, one of the people who I've always wondered why his name doesn't come up more. And part of it is because, um, part of the reason his name doesn't come up more is because he doesn't really play the media game. And that's something that I think people, um, it's, 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 some people need to realize too. A lot of times when, um, there's a name that comes up as a in the coaching cycle or the GM cycle. A lot of it sometimes comes from an element. Not all of it. Some of it's certainly deserved, but a lot of it can come from some people are better at playing the media game and planting seeds. And so someone who does not play the media game is Texas Stars is the Stars assistant GM Scott White, who has been who though has built a program in Texas as the GM down there where they've gone to the Calder Cup final in 2010. They won the whole thing in 2014. They went there in 2018, and using the cycle of four years, and they're in first place right now. So yeah. every he's he's got and he's been the GM down there, and so I don't know if it comes from inside. I think I think it really depends on obviously how this season, next season go, whether Tom Gillardi would want to stay internal or not. I think that's kind of that would kind of be the big the big question. But 
Jim Nell is knows the end is closer than it is 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 is, is, is near is nearer than far as far as is the end of his management career. He's uh, he he's someone who I know he's got family. He he and his he and, he and his wife Becky and obviously. If you don't know Becky's story, that's an incredible story. Amazing. She's still with us and, and everything like that. And they have grandchildren who I know they have, uh, in this off season, they live back in the in, in Michigan where they have, uh, where a lot of their grandchildren, they spend a lot of, they don't live there, but they spend a lot of the time back in the off season back in Michigan where their grandchildren are. I know Jim's told me that's probably where he'll retire to someday just to be close to his grandkids and everything like that. And so Jim is not, Jim is not going the, well, I'm going to try and win this cup right now because I have to win it before the end of my career. I think that's the one good thing about hiring someone who already won multiple as an assistant champ. So I think that I think that is one of the benefits where it's not like he doesn't have one. Like if it's funny, I remember during the uh, COVID zooms, right? We would have interviews in Jim Dill's office. Jim Dill's office has four. Uh, four mini Stanley Cups in the background and a bunch of other things from all the things, the hardware that he won as an assistant GM. So it's not like his career legacy will be defined on whether the Stars win yeah. or not. And I think that's really important. I think Stars fans need to be kind of thankful for that because he's not going to go all in for one year and potentially blow it all up, which is something that easily someone easily could have done and what some people have tried to do in other organizations. So it's a great point by you, Adnil. Um, I'm really curious, though. It's something where we can have that conversation. We will someday have that conversation. It would be very interesting to see where they go next because I do think there's a great in-house candidate in Scott White. Uh, so obviously there's others, and there's, there's, other, there's others as well. So it's, uh, it's, it's a very interesting place for the starters to be because – uh, you have one person who we know kind of what the, the runway looks like. You know, it, it, kind of another interesting that I, I don't think a lot of people are paying attention to, great hockey year for the Gallardi family. Um, the Kamloops Blazers are on fire in the, in juniors, and they'll, so they'll have a good gate in playoffs. Texas Stars are heading to the playoffs, as we know, and the Dallas Stars um you know, we know what they're doing. So all three levels and, of Gallardi are doing well. Well, and, and the other thing, too, I was talking to someone the other day. I was talking to uh, – if, if you wanted a source for covering the Texas Stars on a daily basis, check out 100 Degree Hockey. Yep. A good friend of mine, Stephen Bezerg, runs that site down there. And uh, Stephen and I were talking the other day. And uh, just on top of that, the Idaho Steelheads are just rolling in the ECHL right now. And, the, um, and it's a space where normally – the stars may have the spot where like you get to kind of like, I call it prospect season where in the, like in the spring where you have the OHL season ends, the season when the Q ends and college season ends, and you get these prospects show up and they're starting there for playoff runs. The stars, I don't know. I, I don't have the research in front of me to know, but the stars have a legitimate, we talked about Dallas they have a chance to win the Stanley cup. They do. That's a fact. The Texas stars have a chance to win the Calder cup. The Idaho Steelheads are favorites to are, are probably one of the favorites to win the Kelly Cup. You have like a uh, if you have a like a Cairo comes out of his OHL season. Dallas has the opportunity where, in theory, like obviously you'd like for him to play with the AHL team coming out of junior, but if there's not a spot for him, 
he can go to the ECHL and he can play a deep playoff yeah. run with the Idaho Steel. It's like, it is a spot where you talk about launching pads and long-term things and everything like that. It's a really good time for the Stars. That's, it, that's, just, that's great. Is, yeah, I mean, we great. think we all remember a young Jamie Benn being sent back down yeah. uh, for the Texas Stars. You mentioned earlier in an earlier podcast uh, about Al Montoya and the job he's doing with the Texas Stars mm-hmm. as far as community involvement. Huge stick tap to the Stars organization. Um, not trying to cheerlead, but at the same time, I mean, kudos, kudos to them. I mean, you know, putting a, putting a preseason game next year, uh, in Cedar park. Uh, mm-hmm. I just think that's brilliant. And I think it's really, really cool that the community of Texas, which is, um, in the Cedar park, Austin area, which has supported an AHL franchise now gets to see like a Jason Robertson. Um, and I'm sure they'll do some pretty cool community activities as well. I would love to see a, um, one thing I like that the Seattle Kraken did that I would love to see uh, the Stars do, um, especially while there's, especially since we know there's hockey fans in these markets, but they unfortunately have lost the HL teams. The Kraken did, they call it like a three ring rush, right? Where they did a the preseason game, they did one at Everett, they did one at the, I think it's Tacoma, I can't remember, but they basically did three preseason games or three junior buildings around Washington. I would love to see the Stars do something like that where go to and unfortunately san antonio doesn't have the infrastructure anymore because they sold off all the stuff oh. it like like it wouldn't so it's unfortunately that you probably can't include san antonio on it but like, probably houston i bet still yeah but like well, houston still has infrastructure yeah like i would i think it would be great just from a purely obviously logistics would have to be hammered out but i would love to see hey play a preseason game in san antonio houston austin just kind of gets get something for those hockey markets there and really lean into that one state one team thing like yeah like like i mean they played a preseason game it was part of hockey craft hockeyville usa and everything like that and they played the preseason game this past year in el paso but even like that's great just those things where you can kind of give people the like i i i think sometimes we forget because I, I I admit I'm one of these people. I get some, so you sometimes get jaded because you're around pro hockey and you're around the top level all the time. So you get kind of a little bit jaded by it. But like I just remember seeing because like I was doing some reporting last week on how the uh, the Bruins and the Kings will will probably go play a preseason game in Australia next year. And I was talking to in uh, their messaging with a couple Australian hockey fans on on, on on Twitter DMs and like just to hear the excitement. Of like just get to see a preseason. Uh-huh. Like I, I think I think we sometimes get jaded when it's right there, just to realize like what it means when it does come there. And for for a kid who's seen this sport on TV but never seen it in person, to be like, oh my god, this is this is the NHL. Like yeah, I, I think there's opportunities that I would love to see the stars do to kind of take a page out of what Seattle did with the three rink rush and take it around the, take it around the state a little bit more. And, and, and it's not difficult to do. Yeah. Just, even, yeah, even some yeah. training camp practices, yeah. if they have the facilities in Fort Worth um, mm-hmm. would be wonderful, yeah. you know, yeah. just to show mm-hmm. some uh, Tarrant County love. 